0: we
1: set up a time to meet prior to when we start when you show up three minutes before you start
2: i was here i was trying to get this thing situated it sucks
3: I show up typically an hour before the show.
0: Yeah, tell the people why their time is invaluable. to the most downloaded HVAC entertainment podcast in the world welcome
3: is it wrong of me to contest because like how do you know that we're the most downloaded HVAC podcast I really don't Um, think that's true
1: I don't know I saw somebody posting uh I think it was Tersh or one of them and they were like hey we just hit this and then I looked up our metrics and we were like four or five times that
3: so I'm like yeah
0: good job Tersh (laughs) (laughs) i mean i can tell you
3: oh my god i can tell you
0: we're the most downloaded entertainment hvac i mean if we believe it deep (laughs) down it's got to be true right because i said it right i I do have to if it wasn't true
3: i do have to say something real quick before we introduce uh our guest today is i gotta say thanks again to ryan hughes for that intro because that really is a cool intro i do enjoy watching that that is really cool of him to do that so, it was he, it yeah. is and if people don't know who i'm talking about ryan hughes from the hughesman HVAC youtube channel and from misfits of hvac so go check out ryan he does that kind of work for free so just hit him up shoot him an email he'll do it for you for free so yeah. and it's usually like leave for four hour turnaround really quick uh, yeah, just tell him you need the 911 rush service, and tell him that you need the HVAC overtime discount, and just say you expected it to be free, and he'll. Yeah, and
0: I think he'll reality. like give you twenty five percent off if you use the code MisfitsFlatEarth.com dot or something like that.
3: Yeah, you know, actually, I heard that if you use the Misfits Flat Earth code, that he'll send you three grand. So that's a pretty 100%. good deal. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> wow! So much free stuff here. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Free none stuff. Of, none
2: of that Shit. stuff is true.
0: So who is <laughs> so, this guy,
2: Adam?
1: This is, is this Joe. Guy? This is not the Joe that we...
3: Is this the new start. Joe? Like, Are we getting rid of our Joe and then this is our new Joe? definitely say, yes. a new Joe. Okay. I'm Joe
2: Mama, so let's make sure we talk about the right Joes at the right time. <laughs>
3: Uh, Oh, is like our punching bag. We just all pick at him. One of these days, he's going to go psycho and we're all going to end up dead. Our wives are actually all concerned because um, Mm. Joe, the new Joe, right? Just so that you know that uh, our Joe, we've been good. God, this is getting confusing. But our Joe, we've been friends with for how many years now? Five, five, Mm, six uh, years.
1: Joe doesn't know that there's a Joe that's missing, but I yeah. think he, he's figured maybe
3: that.
2: Uh, we could add a in last initial or something to kind of help those. We don't know right his now, last though. initial. Yeah. Well, his that's is, nice. that's
1: call, what I'm getting at. We call him Joe somebody. We don't we know. Don't okay, know
3: there who he is. I yeah. think he lives in Canada. He will not give us his address. We've shipped mm. him stuff before, and he has it shipped to his brother's neighbor. Joe C. Moosebanger?
0: Is that a good yeah. name?
3: He, we don't we know. We call who him is. that. So. And the chat oh, loves the whole Joe told us bang a moose.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he's got a ladder. One of those gorilla ladders, go the kind where you can turn around and like use the back thing as handles. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen
3: it. You've that seen it. You've done it. You can't talk about that. You've done
0: it. If you've That's why he's not going to kill me. Cause me and Joe are like tight.
3: Yeah. Like a moose no. butt. Yeah. No, 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 but no, no, actually
0: I this is Joe Madosh yes. from where from measure quick.
2: That's right. Variety that. places, yeah. You know? I mean Colorado, just that's where I would stay.
0: I can tell it must be cold
2: outside there. Where yeah. Uh at, no, there that yeah, that's actually Wyoming background, but it's cool, uh, it's close enough. Right.
1: I found that right. out. Uh, I for whatever reason I thought you lived in Ohio since uh, you worked for Measure Quick. I called him one morning, I think at seven o'clock in the morning, uh central time. Because <laughs> Ohio's like an hour ahead of me. So I'm like, yeah, they're at work, whatever. And he's like just so you know, it's like I'm
2: sleeping right now, okay?
3: So. <laughs>
2: but it's okay, a lot of people do that, but I actually don't hold normal hours. I'm like, man, if I'm even up by nightish, you know. And I, I, Jim's known me forever, so he goes, you know what? I know you got weird hours, so it's all right. You know, we got it. So by the time I'm kind
3: of rolling, he's at lunch. Um, yeah. so, oh, yeah. that is too funny. I didn't. Oh. You didn't even tell me that, Adam. <laughs> that's a long time ago that's a dick move really bad well i assumed
2: he lives in ohio he works for measure quick i don't know and That it a lot they'll text me like hey when you're up
3: give us a call you know <laughs> let us know when you're what's going on you know yep. oh my gosh. nothing
0: i hate more than calls uh, in the middle of the night
3: no so you don't get these bill but there's nothing worse than a restaurant manager putting in a work order when they're leaving the restaurant at two in the morning through service channel. And then service channel has someone call from another country.
0: that you can't even understand or something
3: within 30 minutes of the service call. And he goes, yeah, uh, they, they asked for emergency service to replace a gasket on their walk-in freezer. And like, you just, these poor guys probably just get it because you just lay into this guy. Like for real, did you really fucking call me at three in the morning to tell me that they need a gasket? Like that's
0: like really, did you really, pop out of a genie bottle and call me for this
3: my name is (laughs) kyle yeah Mm -hmm. exactly well i call him bob from india so
0: like are you calling me from the 7-eleven that you own yeah
3: all right pushing pushing button see i i've made an effort here that what i have to do is when bill says something that's right on the edge i have to address and say bill that wasn't very nice and i'm not gonna laugh at uh, you that
0: sensitivity training we went to isn't working
3: it's working for me Uh so yes
1: so um, one thing I learned eh, a little while now about Joe is Joe, you you kind of got into HVAC in the building performance side. That's where you yeah, start that yeah, right? I was also a
2: home inspector, so I've I've been observing you guys for years. Um, from but not in your industry as much. So so um, let me ask you this: how
1: shitty of a job we do all the time? And
2: yeah. so so to me, if, if
3: I can walk up to a system and find the visual problems, then I'm like there's problems so yeah so joe have you seen this home inspector that's popping up on social media right now that's getting popular because he's bashing the hvac trade um no it but that's, I'm, I'm not surprised at all but yeah right it's, it's it's within the last like three weeks this guy just started making a social media following and all he's done is bash the social the hvac trade and he's sitting here He's holding like a one inch standard filter. And he's like, these HVAC guys, every one of them, they're out there to rip you off. They charge you this much and they should, you know, these filters. And it's just, it's so asinine. And he's clearly doing this just to get follows. And if you go watch his yeah, content right. too, this guy's just an idiot. Like he really is. And he's just, I know I
2: saw the other shit. channel where it was an HVAC contractor doing that. So it's, it's a, you know, there are hundred yeah, too many of them out there. That's right. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of them.
1: I mean, it kind of is a shit show. <laughs> of an industry, let's be honest. But like what well, I didn't even really I knew it was bad for a long time, but like when you start digging into the whole home performance thing and you learn more and more about it, you're like holy crap. Yeah. It's a dumpster fire, right? It it um, it is. It's you a
0: know, deep I mean, rabbit hole, the the whole home performance thing, building a, science, yeah. testing.
3: I mean, I question whether or not there's got to be a uh like I of course i want HVAC contractors to handle everything but at some point it's starting to make me think that there needs to be a separation here because it's getting to be a little bit ridiculous trying to get how do i say this politely trying to get normal technicians to actually you know start thinking and try to solve are are you thinking
0: like there should be a separation of like the guy who actually turns the wrenches versus the guy who's like all right wrench turn guy said there might be an issue with your airflow or something and then they send out the airflow building testing guy
3: well yeah because what what our industry in my opinion you know there's a a tool company out there that's going to make a tool that's a one-stop shop that's going to tell you what your airflow is perfectly and there's nothing else that can possibly affect it so every HVAC technician is going to buy it and go out and say yep this is bad just like a what are those uh mega ohm meters that just give you lights good bad okay you know and it's like oh, put that on every compressor is yeah. bad well no shit because you don't know how a scroll compressor works you know i want to
0: hear something real stupid uh way way back in the day you probably seen this chris but on the counter of some supply houses they had this little tiny blue like a little i forget what it was actually called but a little fan you could plug it right yeah, in an yeah. anometer oh, yeah anemometer. that's what i was gonna say you stole it before i could say it and uh, you plug it right in your phone put yeah. an app on there like you can measure airflow i bought one of those years and years ago i'm like Man, I'm gonna test all the airflow. I'm gonna balance restaurants with this thing.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. and I was up on, (laughs) I was up on roofs, like holding it over and exhausted. I'm like, yeah, we're good. I mean, look at those numbers; they mean stuff. It's nowhere.
3: Nowhere in this. the instructions for that does it tell you that it's only accurate within so much you know space away, and it has to be perfect. And if anybody's ever tried to take a vein anemometer and actually measure airflow, you realize how inconsistent it is, and how perfect mm. you have to be with your traverses to how get it. Exact...
0: and like turbulates and, all over yes. the. It, yeah. But
3: but the interesting thing, and I think it might have been something that Jim Bergman had said back when he was doing True Tech Tools or something like that, was when I first started buying like um, the uh, some of the field piece tools and the anemometers, the ones that they had, but, um, was realizing that there's turbulence because it was hard for me to grasp that there was turbulence in duct systems. But then oh. if you take something and actually measure it in the duct system and you're like a half inch over, it's not the same measurement, a half yeah, inch yeah. over it's different. It's like, wait, you know, and there's no logic really when you, it's that's, very interesting. That's what of, what,
2: how many people here have a, a CPS uh, hood? It's using just a little larger of the exact same device. in fact, that device was made by CPS. So yeah yeah, it, there's a lot of uh, anything that's that small or you're using your hand to measure something, then I'm like, you're lost. You, yeah, you yeah. failed. That's true. So,
1: so what what's your background in like to get back to the subject I'm yeah, really so going to like, uh, how do you you know how did you get started in it, and how deep did you get?
2: Where did you uh, where did you work? um so i was doing a variety of large small construction and large construction stuff and um i got a chance i was living in uh, chicago um we decided to leave so i moved moved to arizona and i was doing home inspections and then i got into green building uh from a lot of people that are out there so this is cool my buddy got an opportunity to go to georgia to follow a grant that was doing mostly weatherization but it was for people who were destitute impoverished in prison out of work at remedial math and I'm like, okay, I didn't realize that till I showed up. So I had to teach those guys how to do weatherization and blower doors and duct testing, but I had a huge amount of money to spend. So I got to play with all kinds of stuff, make my own props, make my own little tiny houses and everything. So I'm like, this is cool. And, uh, what changed my life was that one night, um, Colin Ginch who owns retro tech is doing a dinner up in Atlanta. And I drove four hours up to see him. He kind of just came in from Europe and literally passed out at dinner but it was enough for me to catch his attention and I ended up working for them about four months later. And uh, he was like, okay, you know what? Uh, I I like what you're doing. Just go do it. And they gave me a credit card and said, just go. So I was able to then go to all these shows and uh, put them back on the map and do a variety of stuff and uh, help them develop product. And, you know, just that was it. I now was in the trade. So it's really hard to get in the trade as many of you guys know. So I'm presenting at all the conferences and, That was it. From then on, I've been able to just move. And that's when I met uh, Jim Bergman. Uh, He was doing iManifold. I invented the R-Cloud, which is automated testing um, for RetroTech. So, you know, I have a couple of soapboxes besides filtration. The other one is, is that why don't we accept what our tools tell us and just capture it? We're so, we're we're always writing stuff down. You write down whatever little you want. Why use your tools? Just write down what you think it should be. So, we were working on California, wanted to know what is the temperatures that Jim was measuring and what is your airflow and your duct leakage. And to t- to those two together, we're going to change California. And we were so close and then it got shut down. But from then on, I'm always been like direct capture. You got stuff that tells you what it is. Capture it. Don't be freaking writing crap down. It's just such a, so many industries are just, I just, you clearly could tell it's one of my soapbox issues is like capture it and accept what it is. We're so afraid of that. So um, yeah. from then on, it led down this path.
0: In, in, in layman's terms, Joe, are you talking about, um, uh, the old school method of writing it down, then possibly entering it into some sort of data program and then processing it from there?
2: You mean what they still do today? That's not really that. Yeah. Nothing has changed. It's, I I don't see anybody really taking stuff that comes directly from any kind of a gauge, uh, and directly capturing it and saying, okay, those are my final numbers. So that's, that's such a fraction of the industry right now Hmm. for anything, not, not just, uh, HVAC, but even home performance and a variety of stuff, there's just so many places where we just still are afraid to just accept what it is. So we're like, God, you know, if it was only this number, it'd be a whole lot better. So let me just do a little bit here. It won't make a big of a difference.
3: So, yeah. I I was just thinking about something right now and I don't know if I'm changing the conversation completely, but it, do you think that the industry can get fixated on some of these softwares and, completely ignore basic problems. Like that's something that I worry about when we have software that technicians tend to just blindly follow. And, you know, they don't look kind of at the big picture and say, Hey, you know what? It's something super simple. Like you guys get what I'm saying there? Yeah. Well, I, Jim and I are total on the same page and that is it's
2: your, your, whatever you're measuring should only confirm what you're seeing. Yeah, and hearing yeah, and touching yeah. and, 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 and you know, you know what, I think it's this, these tools help me confirm that. So if you're not focused on what you're experiencing and you're seeing, then, you know, you you really are not observing what's really there. So that's why I said, as a home inspector, I could find so many issues um, uh, that are probably a, a problem. But, well, that's um, assuming
0: yeah. that you can correlate the two, correlate the problem that you're seeing versus the information that you're reading. Then I assume uh, you can...
2: Yeah. Yeah, or, or, or then say, no, what, maybe
3: that's not, maybe there,
2: there's something else. It's not this visual issue or maybe it's not it. So, but yeah,
3: I think that, that, that is one thing when people think, cause like there'll be social media commenters and stuff and they're like, you know, Using a press tool is dumbing down the industry. Um, Using software is dumbing down the industry. And it's like, no, it's not. You still like using a press tool, people don't realize how much prep has to go into prepping the pipe before you can actually press. And if you don't, there's going to be a million problems with it. Same thing with. I don't know. I I tell
2: the people, put your computer away and your phone, and and now just you keep, keep, you know, do it all or nothing. You know, it's it's really, you're like, oh, you know what? This is really messing up, you know, what people really know. I'm like, well, get rid of your computer, see how well you do.
3: Yeah, yeah. But I think that the industry, it's none of the stuff is dumbing down the industry it's just giving us technicians uh, other new tools new tools that helps us to get to a diagnosis that maybe i mean 25 years ago i didn't know about airflow like i i, I knew that you needed airflow but i didn't know what it did having mm-hmm. something I feel like, like a, measure quick
0: I, I feel like that's comparable to telling a roofer to use a hammer and a nail instead of a nail gun just because you want them to understand what it's like it to use true. a hammer and a nail. I mean, yeah.
1: I remember when digital manifolds were first starting to become popular, right? And everyone was like, "Well, the new techs need to learn how to calculate superheat and subcooling. It's like they can't subtract like double-digit numbers. Like, isn't that? Do you learn that in like first grade? Do they yeah, really need yeah. to learn how to do that by hand? Isn't it pretty easy just to show it on the screen? I don't understand.
3: Well, but. I think that one thing. It's really easy to use a tool like a a pipe clamp thermometer or something like that and not have it make good contact. So then it's going to give you an incorrect reading. And if you blindly follow something, right, if you're not confirming that that tool is actually working correctly, then you input that into software and it's going to throw you off. The same thing can happen if you incorrectly put a thermal couple on a pipe and try to calculate the superheat with a calculator or, you're still going to get an incorrect number. or
1: with not just like not just saying measure quick any of these programs um yeah you know testo field piece anything else if you map your probes wrong incorrectly or you are yeah. using them correctly right. yeah, yeah you install them incorrectly you're going to have bad data right the
2: same Date, thing junk that, data in
3: junk data out that's 100 mm, true yeah yeah 100 yeah,
0: so let me just throw this out here as a guy who's never done a load calculation ever in my entire life would you guys say that you would recommend guys learn to do load calculations like i don't know if there's an old school method do them by hand before they get into any sort of I think software it's,
1: it's it's honestly like all right so I, go ahead joe if you go
2: ahead i, I always i know it's so there's some things that are like well it's like you know how many people still do their taxes by hand or understand what all's happening there, like those aren't realities anymore, but I, I think that understanding uh, our values and how a hot to cold and some basic principles never hurt anybody in the industry. Mm-hmm. But, um, trying to like do a, a fun exercise okay, how much energy does this room need and BTUs and add people? And it, it's funny to just do it. I think mean, those are what schooling and your education should be about, but that doesn't mean I need to do really a whole house all the time or understand what that is. But, you know, I should understand how to make sure those uh, the inputs. I know where they came from and that that square footage is accurate and what's on that wall. And what is that real R value? What's an effective R value is something that most of the industry is clueless about that. They're like, okay, my wall's got R13. And I'm like, well, how many studs you got in your wall, right? What's really going on in your wall? So that's not really... The way you think about it, like, oh yeah, I got R thirteen, so my all my walls are thirteen. Well, your studs are probably twenty five percent of that, and you've really just lost a significant amount. So, if they they don't to measure those things or calculate them, but the contractors understand how uh, homes are, how ineffective a home is, so when they're trying to figure out when they're talking to a client that they're really uncomfortable, and it's the southwest side of the house. And it's their master bedroom. And you're wondering why is it always so much hotter in here? And they had no clue that it's actually because the freaking sun is on that side of the house more than anywhere else.
3: You know, yeah. that's a major failure. Hmm. I think that if, if because I I remember taking um, load calculation classes way back in college, right? Did I ever do a load calculation by hand after I took the classes? No, I never did. But the first time I used WriteSoft, I could fumble my way through write and i could have a basic understanding i still didn't have experience and then working your way through and i could only imagine if i started on write and didn't know anything about load calculations before and got incorrect information it'd be a nightmare to try to figure out where the error was so
1: yeah i i think it was uh so i was kind of lost with everything and the the first exposure i had to it was taking the aka online design class with jack rise and that was a really cool class but at the end of a day working and you're sitting on a computer and you're listening to him talk and he has like a, you know, kind of like a grandfather style storytelling voice. And he's talking about like CLTDs and, you know, uh, you factor in that. Like you could only manage about a half hour, 45 minutes at a time before you start nodding off. Um, but that gave me a good understanding of it. And I think doing something like that before taking a class on a software is important.
3: Yeah. And and Housh makes... a. So Hausch says he learned more about loads fooling with the software and seeing what the inputs affected. Uh, not to inflate your ego, Hausch, but I mean you're a rare breed. You're a a person that really likes to think and analyze things, and that's perfect that it works for you that way. I'm a dumb dumb, so like I like having. A foundation for me now everybody's different so it's i don't think it's a one-stop answer i don't think See, every I, technician I needs can to learn the basics
0: i can relate to like what how she's saying on a little tiny level anyway like if i had this just this i don't know app or program or something i'm just like putting in numbers like what if this wall was uh you know this thick or had r12 yeah. or r13 like i really don't know what all that stuff means but as i'm like just punching in numbers and seeing how that affects things and like oh my btus are going up or my my load is moving like that's uh i mean that's kind of cool i I could see. Or turn some the, house,
3: turn the house, turn uh, the house, you know, 90 degrees. See what. you. Oh, see. Yeah. 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 See how much airflow that room now needs. Like, you what know? if there's an
0: extra window in the room? Just stuff like that. And I I, I think that would be a good, uh, a good learning experience. Yeah.
1: Um, Russ King from quick model. Um, he actually, he gave me a, a bit of advice to do exactly what you're saying, Bill, and just like play with the inputs. And like, cause I would sweat like little details and he's like, dude, change go play with it several different times and see, like you're you're gonna notice that it like you might have an effect of like 300 btus or something like that and you're worrying about something like play with it is it a big deal or is it not a big deal maybe it is maybe it's not but you'll figure it out you know
2: so the only one you guys are still talking about but still miss what i think is a bigger picture is that you're we're talking about the load um but we don't talk about air leakage you know you may have a An R50 wall, but how leaky is it? How how much air is infiltrating in and out of these houses that impacts you more than sometimes that load does? So, um,
3: what kind of air? What's the relative humidity of the air? mm -hmm. You know, how much does it increase the load? We heard uh, Steve Rogers told us a really cool story about him and Jenry Garcia and how they worked through a problem. And it was very interesting to hear how this much leakage equaled, you know, five times the amount of needed btus for the building and simply solving that leakage you know and you're kind of getting i think on air quality too joe like not only are we talking about humidity but we're talking about pollutants in the air
1: is you it, know did you uh kind of dive into the air quality thing when you were doing the home performance is that does that go hand in hand together yeah
2: so well uh, i was deep into the energy so i you know was really focused on um you know um Pressure dynamics and boundaries and all that kind of stuff, and testing, all that stuff. And then I, I just something hit me as epiphany. Like, and I was also interested in healthy homes and had lots of people that I was working with at that time. And I realized that all of the work that we're doing, that's in weatherization and blower door and trying to seal up houses, has, has a fraction of energy, but it has huge impacts on the health of the occupant, just massive. And, um, and that was kind of not done because you couldn't really calculate it. And there's a study that came out today out in Kansas City that just kind of justified a lot of that stuff. So it's phenomenal what it actually does for your occupants. And sometimes your occupants aren't even aware of it. And it isn't until you get a really good, um, you know, good wildfire coming through your area you understand what infiltration and air, indoor air quality have to do with your house? So um, I just, I literally dropped energy. And my new mantra was that, you know, energy is a waste of energy. It's just the amount of energy. How many people does it take to reduce one watt in a house, whether it's a bulb or, you know, uh, infiltration, the focus on the health impacts that happen. And then you actually have something that your clients will pay a lot more money for. They'll pay way more money to reduce the exposure of their kids uh, for health issues than they will to trying to reduce, you know, uh, you know, $12 a month on their energy bill. So focus on really what hits the, the, uh, the occupant in the pocketbook or their
3: concerns are actually, you'll find are much larger than, um, saving five bucks. I'd say there's gotta be a good portion of people though, that are more reactionary than, you know, wanting to plan and prepare for things. So how do you convince a homeowner that, you know, they can go spend 25 grand and have an air conditioner in their house changed, or they can spend 75 grand and have the envelope tightened up, a smaller air conditioner installed. They'll be healthier. They'll be more comfort, you know, comfortable. But where in the heck are they going to get that money? So, yeah. Mr. and Mrs.
2: Jones, I, I know we have a lot of things on the table, and some of those are kind of expensive. But I guess that um, indoor air quality really is not a priority for you and your family. Is that
3: a, is that an accurate statement? Should we just talk about actually being uh, comfortable? It is, uh, but that will come across as condescending really quick. So I I, I don't
2: know. You you should get I know some of you guys do Sandler. I'm a strong Sandler person that if you just actually go right at it and it's okay, let them, you know, let, let
0: them make the decision. Hey, you want your kids to die or what? I mean, in
3: reality, it's true, right? It's true that the air quality is a thing, but it's like, you got to be careful because we are Gating the line of the sleazeball salesman in this industry right now, especially on the resi side. So, and I understand that there is well, good people. I
2: don't think we so. are not. Yeah, well, let's just make sure we're talking about all the crap that people I mean, are putting their freaking I mean, units. I'm trying to become one those million dollars salesmen.
3: A whole, a good you know, all of your air
2: is now completely safe from COVID because I put this blue light in your freaking oh, yeah. air handler, oh, yeah. or whatever. So, talk about sleazy. That's actually.
3: That's Listen, my average let ticket every day is eighteen thousand like dollars right here. Let me put so this in your purple salt. Of all your problems right yeah right just gurgle with bleach and you'll be fine
0: i walk in smoking a cigarette and be like if i can get in here with all this smoke then soaking the smoke outside your kids are
3: dying yeah like <laughs> right. your kids will be dead by the end of the week mm-hmm. and uh, i can't get to you for out. two weeks so let's just pass you know, out cigarettes to all the kids move on it's funny because yeah. my wife so as i've been going along my home project to sealing up the air leakage in my house what i'm doing is i'm sealing up the obvious leaks and right I, you know sealing up a lot of stuff but what's happening is my house is going so negative right now that it's pulling like dust and dirt from places that it never did before. Um, and a lot of them are from where I'm not, My um, I, am a slab on grade foundation and, and it's not sealed properly. So we're mm-hmm. pulling a lot of dirt and dust. So my wife's like, why all of a sudden in the last three months, is there dust everywhere in the house? And it's like, that's part of the process. Like we're getting there. We're going to solve <laughs> these problems. Trust me, it's going to get better. And this is, this is the problem when I'm not doing it over to, you know, a. A five day period. I've been taking six months to do this, but she's going nuts because she's like, There's dust everywhere. And I'm like, Trust me, it'll get better. I promise. It's good dust. Yeah, it's good <laughs> dust. It's it's promising.
1: It's happy it's dust. So- all right so you're in california joe we're back to california you wait wait wait
2: wait wait, wait, no i no i didn't uh i worked for somebody in california but i never was in california oh you were okay
1: you were going to change the face of california you were going to save oh yeah
2: right yeah going back to there that's right yeah so so california has mandated uh stuff that you have to do there more than any place else in fact most of our codes all come from california three years later so i'm sorry about that guys sorry yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So, <laughs> My bad. That's right. For you, actually. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah. So. W- so we were all set to do this. You know, we were really close. And then they have this um, energy commission people and suddenly somebody got on the commission and be like, you know, this isn't acceptable. We don't think you should be allowed to have this direct data come into play and make decisions about wh- whether or not a home passes or what we're after. And it actually was a billion dollar savings for the state. And somebody just got in the middle of it because they had some other alternative plan. what we've learned later so uh we just you know put our tail between our legs and said f you we're out of here eventually this stuff will come back together and it did um jim eventually left iManifold manifold and did measure quick thank god and um i ended up doing other stuff and brought that back to here we are together so yeah Yeah.
1: now now you're at measure quick and Mm -hmm. uh, what are you doing
2: for measure quick what are you doing for jim so um uh, I mean, Besides you guys kind me. of know Jim, but uh, Jim is really um, insightful. So Jim said, uh, he, he knew me well. I mean, that was my idiosyncrasies. You know, I'm up till three, four in the morning regularly. I do whatever. I'm on my own kind of schedule. And he goes, you know, Joe, the only thing that I have to do for you is get out of your way. That was it. That, that was my job description. Just, you, you know what we need to have done. You need to just come in and get it done. So, and of course, he was in my way for a lot of the stuff that I wanted to get done took a while for us to, you know, find a, a common place, but my goal was to figure out what needed uh, for measure quick to get moving into another level. Um, and just as I came on, we did this uh, measure quick 2.0. Um, and it I, I told him, I said, I'm not coming on unless you figure out a better path because I think anybody that could follow what you're freaking doing right now is a genius because only seven people can do it besides you. This is not a sustainable method. Um, so, but I, I couldn't dig in and adjust things because we had to get it done at a certain time frame. So I was not able to understand exactly what the hell we're measuring and how it works. But that we had to get it done early in the season so that people could try and implement it. Uh, so that was a year ago, May. And that's when Measure Quick 2.0 came out. And then after it came out, I was still preaching what Jim was saying, and I'm like, well, this this doesn't make any sense. You're asking people to go do the fricking profile as the first thing, and the profile's outside. For the majority of it, and there's very fraction of it is inside. So now we're inside, we're outside, we're measuring this, we're measuring that. And I said, "This is, uh, you know, I'm like, this isn't working." So we, I, I convinced them finally uh, about a month ago to just stop. So we redid everything. You, and most of you that are listening, haven't seen it yet. It's our new guided workflow. It actually says, "Okay, here's how you do it. You could chug along right here. We keep you inside to do everything you need to do inside." And we've gotten some feedback from people like Reardon who says, I need to capture the electrical immediately. I'm in an attic. I don't want to go back into the attic and measure it later. I'm in the attic. I want to do everything I got to do in the attic and get the hell out of the attic. So we're like, okay, we made adjustments for that kind of uh, process. So our goal was to be like, okay, you're inside, you're outside, and then you finish up whatever you need to do to capture all this stuff and benchmark and leave. And we did. So many of you that know Measure Quick, there was no difference between an install and a service workflow. And it drove me nuts because if you're doing an install why do i need to like do a test in and a test out that that's illogical so i'm like stop our new workflows are you are doing an install you just gather gather your measurement inside and out and you just test out you're done benchmark it and you're done for a service you do your find all your problems and show them to your client and be like okay here's my vital score mr and mrs jones should i continue do you want me to fix all this stuff and they say yes you hit a button we're continuing and you fix your stuff say no you gathered everything you need to to leave the job right then and there. Like, okay, that's great. Probably somebody else from my company will be back because everybody else is an idiot. You left some great information on the table, but they can come back and finish off where you left off. So that was a major change for us as to how you do an install versus a service workflow. So uh, we'll
3: probably be out in the middle of the month for everybody else to experience this new concept. So how is this new workflow going to work um, on the commercial side?
2: I don't know so one of the things i try to forget so i remember i'm not a technician so in the commercial side it's a whole nother animal so all of our commercial questions we send back to jim Right. Got so it. we're like okay that's kind of like the concept so most people are doing commercial understand measure quick on a high level because they're able to rewrap it into a whole nother world is how yeah. my conclusion is yeah
3: for, for, well for me like when i when i go to, to work on a commercial package unit or something like that the way i start it is is i start with the profile, I'll put in my tonnage, my expansion, about my whatever, I put all my probes on, and then I pull up the screen and, and have all the data in front of me. So I can. it's all consolidated so I can swipe between pages and look at the unit and say, okay, I got three compressors there. you know, this one's low, this one's overcharged, this one, you know, and just be able to scroll through. So is, are, are we still gonna be able to use, you know, the existing workflow or something like it with this new setup? Um, are we still going to be able to like, um, I mean, are we going to have to go through the exact steps?
2: No. So, so right now our new workflow is trying to help people who are new to it so okay. they can understand how to do it. Right. Okay. At any point you can just hit exit and go back to the way it was. But the, the problem was the way it was, was that you looked at what your workflow was and it wasn't in order or it didn't really take me down. Sense. Str- okay. So I'm like, you know what, this yeah. sucks. Let's just, so because you know, once people have been using it for a while, you can't take it away. So you're like, okay. So if those of you that want to go back and you've already figured out your own methodology, in fact, I actually yeah. have these. I call them a bypass. I have this. Follow this if you really want to move through it because you're trying to figure out what to do next. Stay inside, yeah. do these things, and you can stay with the existing workflow that we have. Right. Um, but you, you can always, you know, not have to use it. You don't have to do it at any time. We're clearly, Jim invented the damn thing to let anybody do whatever they wanted, and that's been the disaster since day one. That we allow, like, you know what? Here's some great diagnostics, and so lots of straight stuff to do. Use it as you want. And we're like, no, people want some kind of guidance. And so we really didn't do that. I've
0: been you know? I've been saying that for like 10 years.
2: Yeah, right.
0: I was like, they should have a dumber version for people like me who don't really do this on a daily basis. Cause I jump in there, I'm like, Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just use it to look at gauges on my well, phone, like a fancy person.
1: Yeah. I did. I felt like an idiot, like because I would watch videos of a new feature that would come out with Jim, you know, on YouTube and um, Jim would fly through the video so fast. And I'd be, you know, hitting pause, hitting pause, trying to rewind to a certain spot. What do you do there? What do you do? He, he, you know, um, so I think this is why the guided workflow is important. Um, I was going to ask you, too, like, where does the guided workflow look? What's the limitations of it as of now what is it is it service install what, what no else? so
2: we, so f- uh, if you do anything with metric now you understand that we do have this oh choose a you know uh, a process and it's either Install, have you been here before with Measure Quick? Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, Jim and I got in a serious argument. I'm like, you know, while wow, if I know if I've been here to measure quick before, it's because on the map it says you've freaking been here before, you got a freaking job <laughs> I've done here before. It says, okay, I've been here before, press the freaking icon because you've been here before. So, uh, we overcame that, and now we're like, okay, this is completely different workflows. And, um, uh, my goal now is to come up with a start screen that makes sure people get it because before they could pick either one. And you got you can manage your way through it. It didn't really matter. We asked a few things about install and that kind of stuff, but there wasn't much of a difference. Now there is a clear difference. So, um, but yeah, if you no. don't like it, you just hit exit and go back to the old Measure Quick. So to, uh, not
0: to throw the whole conversation off, but real quick, is there? I don't think there is, but is there a feature like if I'm on Measure Quick and I'm at an address, will it only show me work orders from like that I've put in there, my company's put in there, or is there a feature where I can see like? This other company was just here a month ago, and they also processed some sort of information in a Measure Quick, and I can see that as well.
2: You can only see what you've paid for. So if you go to a oh, job, and you can only see your uh, jobs you've done. Um, so that's the concept. So we, we don't allow you to see what everybody else is doing.
1: You should uh, you should add that as a feature for ten qubits. Be like oh, I need to see the history yeah. of this job.
0: Like ten marble points, you can see this. Perfect.
2: Yeah. I'll look into that. No, I'm sure we could add that. Yeah. I'm I don't sure you see you writing it down, Joe. I don't know. How you're... I don't write anything down. It's all, I just keep track of it all. It's all okay.
0: That's what I tell my kids when I don't want to do something for them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what do you think
2: is, uh, is there going to be a guided workflow for heating? There is. And, uh, what's great is they're like okay joe we'll get it done as soon as you send it to me in fact it'll be done in september way before the heating season comes into play um so we'll uh, overcome a few things like you know if anybody uses our heating uh, f- furnaces are a freaking bitch man damn hmm. they're just so much more complicated so if you start with measure quick in the winter you are thrilled to do a, a cooling job because you're like damn that's it that profile is one page and that's it i just gotta do a few things here it's, it's super easy but the furnace, clocking the meter, man, everybody complains about clocking the meter. And I'm like, well, it is in your install. If you pull out your install manual from your manufacturer, it says go clock your meter. So that's really the, one of the challenges. So the, what, we, what I've learned, because, again, we're doing these things. Jim goes to the lab, does some stuff, and doesn't realize the challenges. So his meter is right next to the, the trainer. So I go out to my homes, and I'm doing stuff. And I'm like, okay, F- I go outside to clock the meter. And guess what? I just locked, lost connectivity to my freaking um, uh, uh carbon uh my uh, uh, the, my measurement device for my um uh brain what my I have a brain fart here what are you supposed to fill in here what I'm is, missing here uh, your uh, uh, combustion analyzer yeah combustion analyzer that's right thanks it's been a long it's, it's been a long Monday so um <laughs> yeah so you lose connectivity so we're trying to figure out how to make sure all that stuff comes back so right
3: it, let me ask you this Joe I don't know if you know this but I've been hearing this rumor but it, are they gonna have repeatability with a higher version of bluetooth yet thanks michael I heard that they were going to have some sort of repeater setup kind of like we could do on the old eye manifold stuff do you know anything about that what do you mean repeaters like, like in like oh, the yeah. protocol we could repeat yeah, with the probes and i heard that like bluetooth 5.0 or 6.0 or something like that was going to have some sort of repeatability do you know it
2: could the the one thing that you can do in fact i, I made him change one word and then jim sent me a screenshot like he was it's like Joe, whatever we fucking do, it doesn't matter. Somebody's gonna complain about it. So no. in measure quick. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. So in measure quick, you can see your measurements, you know, when you're on the one of the screens. So if you're on the, I don't know if it'll show up or not, when you're on the indoor screen, yeah, that works out great. Okay. You can see the measurements. I can see all my indoor measurements. And at the top, there used to be a thing called capture. And people forgot to uncapture because they would just capture it and just run away and not realize that all those measurements are now frozen. So I'm like Jim, let's change it to hold. This is really a hold feature. And then people, yeah. When I hear
0: capture, I'm thinking like it'll hold on to the that particular data for. Well, I mean hold, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I just want you to hold on to it. And when you come back, you should do it. So if you have connectivity issues, you just press the hold button and it'll hold those measurements. We're trying to make you think that you should release that hold because otherwise, it'll stay there until you're until you leave the job. So I didn't really like the capture concept because we didn't want to capture and we wanted you to like allow you to walk away two miles to go to the outside unit or vice versa. So there is a way to try and work around that. So the yeah, one thing that I I realized and I'm willing to like throw this out because you probably got at least four or five listeners here. OK, um,
3: right, don't 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 give us that much credit. there's yeah, like okay. two. there's two. OK, so
2: um, but I'm willing to get on a. A call for people. What I've ha- learned is that while well, I get on a call with somebody, and like, oh, yeah, yeah, how do I do that? And I'm like, oh, you do this, or how do I overcome these problems? Because it's not it, the little dicky stuff is also kind of hard to figure out. So if you guys want to, if somebody wants to contact me, Joe at Measure Quick, I'll cl- clearly get on a call with you and be like, hey, oh, yeah, these little dicky things you're having a problem with, this is how you do that. Because I know hey, you're dumb I'm,
0: shit. Yeah. These little dicky things you're dealing with are wasting my time.
2: Yeah, but I'm willing to get on the time. I'll, I'll waste my time with you as long as you now go, okay, I, I now understand how to use the little dicky shit a whole lot better. So that's that's my focus. So if you know what, I don't mind getting on a call with people to help them do that. I, I've I, How many of us have been on the, doing something on our phone or whatever? And you're like, you have to go to YouTube to find some 10 year old who freaking did a video about how
3: to do this. She's like, shit, that's it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Dude, I had to hook up a Wi Fi uh, extender in my house.
3: Is that like one of those pills you get at the gas station, Bill?
0: the rhino thunder 3000 pills Yeah,
3: the the extender ones no but if you if you see my desk
0: all of a sudden flip over then the pill just kicked in (laughs) because i took one earlier because i gotta get ready for tonight but no technology like this wi-fi extender just it took me way too long to figure out and i had to do that same thing go on youtube watch some 14 year old kid just show me up and yeah
3: I, i i i've i think i've talked about this before but like i have a you know I create content on YouTube and stuff but yet I have to have my 13 year old come in and help me with stuff all the time. I'm like, sweetie, can you come in and like help me figure this out? And she's like, yeah, dad, just do this and do that. And it's like, yeah, how do bro. you, how I do you yeah, this bro. kid? Smart kid, but yep.
1: So uh what's next for measure quick? What's what anything
2: uh yeah so we're venturing down a lot of other paths So we actually are partnering with NCI. So anybody here NCI people then you'll be happy to know that they actually do work with memberships and, um, uh, street, you know, the ability to, you know, just pay a certain amount per month or per year or whatever, and that'll now integrate. So the challenge is that people can't make a good app. Um, it's the reality. Aka couldn't make an app. A lot of people can't make a good app. Um, I know JB is out there. They had, a, they wanted an app. So people come to us, we make great apps and we are actually a hub. Is what we really are. We're a hub for a variety of resources. So, um, ACA is working with us and so is NCI. So if you want to do an NCI work, you're going to end up going through MeasureQuick uh, just because you will pick that project and you'll go through it do an NCI workflow. That's where we're headed. uh, Interesting.
3: So did NCI
2: get rid of their existing app? They're fading it out. It's just a lot of work for these companies to maintain an app that works. And people that are programming it understand English, let alone what the hell you're doing right so that's, a that's really a major problem is they're like oh yeah we did that and you're like no that's not what we wanted a yeah. loss in translation so we do it and we do it well so people acknowledge that and so same with ACA. akka had an app that seven people used and they realized that wasn't really good so we're now trying to figure that out and that's a whole shit show is the only way to describe it because you're dealing with something that's super complicated like a freaking hvac system and you want to do high level diagnostics and then you take a know standard five which is a whole nother high level of other types of stuff to do and you put them together and you're like damn this is i
3: I appreciate your honesty joe it's enlightening to have someone that just says it like it is so it is it's
2: tough so the standard five is awesome but
3: it's really cumbersome
2: and a lot of stuff to do and most HVAC technicians are like man i got 45 minutes to get in and out of here like how Mm -hmm. can what can i do and you're like, damn, not a lot. So yeah, I'm here on you know.
0: a thirty-nine point ninety-nine tune-up. I'm not going to do all that shit.
3: Yeah, yeah, but also the industry needs to change when it comes to that crap. That's something that I push against all the time because people are constantly saying, "How do, how many calls do you get done a day?" And I said, I, "It doesn't. It changes every day. I might get well, one done. I might get two done."
0: That's see, you know, I think cool. I think that's that's a fine like. I don't know if he's even a line to juggle, but it's a fine line of the industry does need to change, meaning like technicians, a lot of technicians need to up their game and start really exploring some of this stuff and airflow and the building science. But also the customer base needs to understand like their comfort comes at a cost. Like if you want to be comfortable in your home, it's you know, you got to pay good money because these technicians I, aren't going to learn this stuff for free.
3: But, but I think that the general public needs to relearn what comfort is too because they need to understand that
1: possible comfort is possible
3: yes yes because people don't even know what comfort is you know they're like well but my thermostat doesn't say 68 degrees yeah but do you feel comfortable what's the humidity like Mm. you know what's the difference between this new system i know adam goes through this when he downsizes dramatically all the time you know and it's like no this is how it's supposed to work but it never shuts off well no shit because it's designed to run like, yep. you know,
1: and, you know, I've posted about that online and people are like, well, you're supposed to have those kind of conversations with the people in the beginning before you saw it. It's like, well, I do. And then, you know, eight months go by and they forget about it. And then the cooling season starts and they're like, well, it's running nonstop. And it's like, awesome. We did
3: good. You know, that's great. But um but my old one turned on and off. This would be me. But my existing unit turns off six times every hour. Like it, it runs, you know, my house is cool.
1: I don't know. I think all these little nuances, standards, apps and everything else is like driving like positive change in the industry. Like, I still think everything's a freaking dumpster fire right now. It's a freaking hot mess, at at least in the Chicagoland area. It's bad. Um, But I you mean, as as like as an industry
0: industry, right? Like As
1: an industry, it's bad. But I, I feel like there's like a ray of hope. You know what I mean? Sunshine, there's a ray of light. What's the?
3: There there is because there's a few of us that are active on social media that are talking about this and we're interested in it. So it's making other people interested in it.
0: Yeah, We're that ray of light.
3: Wait, I want to tangent because you guys talk about comfort, right? And now most of America is
2: well exceeded their dynamics that everybody designed a system for. Okay. So and it's happened, it's not like those are usually intended to be like, well, you may have a few days that exceed this, not three months, right? Or two months or three weeks. So Um, and it's not as though this isn't going to continue. So I just want to find out what kind of, what, what's your approach when, you know, you have to tell your client that, well, we never anticipated to be 110 degrees for, you know, a month. So I know you're uncomfortable, but you know what, I can't fix this. You know, how how do you, how do you have that conversation with them? That that that's, it's not, not your system. Um, it's just the environment and, uh, there, mm. the only way to fix this is something that's extremely challenging that, you know, when, when this ends, you'll be happy because you'll be back to normal comfort. But, you know, I can't fathom what people are doing in Texas and Arizona and others that there's no way those people could be, be reaching anywhere. They're
3: that's a good point. I think though, that if you approach it, looking at the home and do a blower door test, do thermal imaging, find out infiltration and then and then size the load appropriately you are going to be okay but if you're just going out there and throwing a box well like
1: i think what joe's saying is like this year has been like a record year in some areas you know i I haven't tracked you know um i had an argument with somebody a few weeks ago about miami and they were saying that basically in five years it's going to be 10 degrees hotter or whatever than it is right now and every year progressively gets hotter i took like uh screenshots of bin data from 2009 and then whatever in between all the way up to 2021 i'm like it's basically the same temperature it's like we're off by a half a degree i get it this year is a lot hotter but like the trend over time is different um but i do understand what you're saying joe and that is a hard conversation to have with somebody especially if they're i do think customers need to be conditioned on feeling comfortable versus just looking at the dial on the thermostat um, when it is 100 degrees outside and you're able to get their house to 78 when you walk in from outside 78 feels pretty darn good you know i
0: don't well, know i mean you just got to let them know like your current system has limitations it just yeah. simply wasn't designed to handle this sort of workload and like moving forward you could try to design a system that can handle the two weeks of these extreme temperatures that you're going to see in a year but you're going to pay premium dollars for that system to, to, to be able to ramp up that high, and then also ramp itself down, and
3: and then are you going to overcool for the rest of the year? Yeah, heat well, Yeah, year?
1: what do you say then? You, um we could oversize your system, but we really need to install uh, a dehumidification system on the side, and make sure that or I can
0: sell you a purple light, and you're going to be healthy and comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you know, no issues.
2: Yeah, right. That's the that's the answer. So the one thing that I've been asking your industry for a long, long time, and I'm, I'm sure I'll get. Maybe somebody will chime in on the background. You guys have to answer. So, and Adam, you know the answers so don't answer. So what's the largest duct system that you guys work with in a normal residential house?
3: What's the largest duct system? What do you, what do you mean by duct system? Mm. I'll let you guys define it. Okay. As in like. The house I mean, is the duck system. The house system. is the duct system. That's right. Well to go-go. Oh, okay. So, I see where you're going.
2: So, but it's it's also the most ignored duct system that most people deal with when you're yeah. an HVC contractor. You're like, you know what, I got these little square things and I'm mo- I'm in control of this, not realizing that it's the house. As you talked about, you should do a blower door, or duct leakage test, and all those kind of performance tests. But it, they just ignore the envelope as their huge issue. And if you're dealing with these kind of temperatures, those kind of things. It, it isn't the temperature that's radiating through the actual, it's actually the air leakage. that's actually impacting so many people being uncomfortable with these high temperatures that hot goes to cold, (laughs) man, your air is flying in these houses. Um, and it's just causing all kinds of problems. So yeah, especially from the top
3: down. Yeah. I, I worry that, um, and so I'm, I'm in California and you know, we have every regulation possible. We have all these rules and all this stuff and you have to do duct tests and duct blaster tests and, hers rating and all this different stuff and i know i piss a lot of people off when i say this but mm-hmm. i mean here hers rating in general i mean there's a few good hers raters, but a lot of them are just passing people they're just pushing them on through and that worries me because again that's just giving the industry another bad name these guys are doing it right right they're installing and they're doing duct testing and they're doing all this stuff and so how do we get past that like you know that's the struggle is 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 how do we get these people that actually want to make people comfortable instead of and, and this is going to be hard for me to say but instead of just wanting to make money because I know we have to make money as a business but we also have to do our jobs right
0: like how do you get are you talking like about how to get technicians to
3: start want taking to this stuff right how to get more important it needs to go seriously? past technicians though you know I mean when you've got mega residential business owners that have never even seen what a wrench is, you know, that just are concerned about money, 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 you know, pushing people yeah, just pushing that, boxes. That's why I said we need the industry needs to change because we're so focused on how many calls are we going to get done a day. No, that's not what I'm calling. I have a shit ton of calls, but I'm only going to get to what I'm going to get to. Like
1: well, and I think everything is like uh everyone's looking for a shortcut for the easy answer for everything. Rules of thumb, right? Hey, we have bad indoor air quality. Let's get a Rami Halo. Um let's get a uh eye wave or whatever right
3: but but I think uh, we like want to design a
1: duck system i there was another conversation i had with somebody else the other day you know everyone sizes duck systems at one on the duculator, right there was actually duckulators that showed with an arrow at one residential this is how you design it then there was another guy who was saying well it's a lost art all you got to do is take uh dub like two plus like i don't remember what he said uh, diameter times two plus two or something like that. That's all you need. I'm like, yeah, not really. I'm, that's like a step up from uh, point one. one inches, right? Yeah. Like, mm. so like everyone's looking for something that is easy. They want the easy button, easy money. They don't want to do any work to get to the finish line. Yeah.
2: So, the one yeah. thing that I, I really am uh, frustrated with your industry is that the car industry had some problems years ago. You guys are all a little young that I'm looking at right now. You don't really remember this, but in the late 80s and the 90s, Ford and most of the American manufacturers were just shit shows. They just made shitty practices. stuff. Yeah, right. So um yeah they had they, they, that actually was a time before you guys so um and then it, it impacted them because everybody went and started buying you know um japanese cars and it you know then the japanese realized which to make them here so but it forced uh chrysler and ford and everybody to make a better freaking uh product right you guys don't have this like overview people think that it's the it's the box well whatever's on the name of the box must be bad they didn't realize that it's actually the technicians that were in the factory yeah. that were making crappy stuff right that's what made the car bad was because they, they are union jobs and not give a shit so um that's really the problem is that people aren't realizing that it's probably the guy when i was a home inspector we all were like oh what's the best system to put in and blah 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 and he the guy was in was a hvac he goes it isn't it's the person who installs it it's who person who actually did the good job Or the person did a crappy job, but the same exact piece of equipment determined on whether or not it actually was effective. So that's really the the challenge is that people are just not realizing that it's the technician who makes or breaks
3: their comfort. People, I get that question a lot uh, during my live streams and through emails, people asking me, what's the best ice machine? What's the best air conditioner? And and a lot of times they could be business owners. They could be. All these different people, homeowners, whatever, and I always say, whatever your service technician likes to install, whatever they like to work on, because it's all about comfortability, right? Because I don't like this brand of air conditioner because I'm not used to working on it, but I'm really comfortable working on this and this. So right. it's all about oh, what people.
1: Are I think with. you you see all these like traveling salesmen that are selling like ways to make a ton of money and go into somebody's house and sell them all this crap, right? And uh, there's sleazy ones out there. There's some good ones out there. Um, one thing I have to say about MeasureQuick is if you follow the MeasureQuick workflow, you will probably find something wrong with the system that you could recommend to the homeowner. and for sure. You could turn it over into a sale and make money for your company. If you're for making sure. commission or whatever else, and that's a legitimate thing, you're actually doing a service to help the customer in the long run.
0: And right? at the very least, you're going to cover your ass on callbacks. When they call back a month later when it's really hot, I'm like, yeah, you were just here and you replaced a capacitor or whatever. And... It's still not keeping me cool. And you're like, well, Mrs. Jones, I did test this, this, and this, and you need to upgrade your whatever your duck system or whatever.
2: So, we have stats to say that most people that do really probe up every time uh, increase their ticket 40 to 60%. Right. It's just people don't think it's worth their time to do that for the the tiny stuff.
1: I'll tell you, like when I was first trying to learn in the beginning, dude, I felt like I thought I was Steve Raritan in a basement. I have freaking flashing lights on every angle there's doohickeys hanging off this that i have tubes everywhere i'm going through capture this next that and then i go to the end and it's like i screw up and the report is missing things and it's like what did i do wrong i just spent so much time setting this all up i have no clue what's going on that's why i think like when you were telling me about the guided workflow i'm like this is going to be a game changer for people because like sure. i'm sure if that happened to me that had to happen to other people as well too happened
2: to me right yeah right. I, I get it right yeah. and when
1: you go through that experience and you're like you're in you, you know you're trying to get through your day and you're like well i'm just going to
2: do what i always do
1: because it's easier
2: yeah right yeah well i got people who are already telling me this cutting uh 10 minutes off of their measure quick process not just their process because they're using measure Quick. like you know what i actually uh, cut 10% off. And the other one is forcing you to finish your job. Like in terms of Measure Quick, we actually want you to exit and save. And people don't do that. They go to the next job and like, oh, I'm still in that last job. So, and that's Friday to Monday. So you're really, you're not getting all your stuff saved. A lot of stuff. So we actually just kind of, so you know, just stick with it. And here's how you'll do that. So once you've owned Measure Quick and you know how to just use it as a, as another tool, use it as you want. But until then we really are helping you, uh, figure out a way to use all the process and all the stuff that we spent millions of dollars to do, you can go through it. We have, we added lots of stuff that you can skip. People are like, I don't want to do that. So we're like, okay, fine. We gave you a skip button. So quit crying and move on. So um, we tried to accommodate the way everybody wants to try and work based upon how hot it is, where attic, crawl space, whatever it is. We're trying to give you options, still use Measure Quick and get the job done and figure out what's there.
3: That's cool i think that i'm I'm looking forward to seeing it i'm hoping that it makes the the process smoother because i i don't do a lot of the workflows but i have done them and just like adam said i've gotten lost in there you know and it's like wait what, oh, yeah. what are they? i, I got lost i wanted to ask this question earlier adam are you a person that likes to read instructions before you do something
1: um i usually read the instructions after i screw something up
3: what about you bill yeah. do you like to read instructions before you do it
0: no no i don't like
1: because i, I would,
3: don't i don't uh, yeah, I, I think I, I instructions don't. are dumb and i think things should be <laughs> intuitive you should be able to turn things on and just like right. work with it flow with it yeah, right so
2: well we, we assume that with software specifically that you know what this should be designed for a fourth grader to open it up and figure out how to do it and move you do it. that and i'll be good <laughs> yeah correct.
3: yeah we yeah, did fourth we did.
0: grader from america not india <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
2: Yeah, because they are they are, those are second graders.
3: They can yeah.
0: Because the fourth grader from India are the ones writing the program.
3: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Now, I wanted to I kind of ask everybody this, Joe. Like, is there anything you would recommend to like technicians who are maybe thinking about like they're thinking about this whole building science airflow and and the entire idea of like, well, now I have this whole system as a house instead of looking at it as just a linear box that's got a problem with ductwork like what would you say to these technicians are that are just maybe intimidated by uh once they kind of hear about all this airflow and all this stuff and all the variables any advice any tips recommendations how to make them gravitate more towards wanting I mean, to pursue this
2: the science that's already in your field is just stunning you know trying to compress a refrigerant to make it colder or hotter that's like really crazy shit right so mm-hmm. the fact that you could simplify it by talking about what's happening with smaller pressures in the house that actually are impacting all of what you're doing in the house is a simpler way to think about it. That The, the building science in the house is not complicated compared to the, if you're trying to understand the refrigerant cycle itself. So, um, you know, the home is a system. So if you, uh, if you if, when you think about it, actually I modified that. It's the home and the occupants are a system. Right. So if you think about what it is you're trying to do to the house and you're forgetting that anything you do impacts the, everything in the house, including the occupants and vice versa, you'll start to realize that, um, you know, I told you. Like, so when you go to their house and like, wow, we're really uncomfortable and like, well, maybe you should close your windows, you know, mm. um, Maybe you start breathing so heavily. Yeah, there's just so many obvious things that are part of the process or. You know, you've, you you clearly have an older home and you've got a nasty-ass crawl space and I can smell the humidity coming up from your floor and your drainage outside is sending water into your crawl space and you're wondering why your humidity is so high. Even on a slab, your drainage around the house will increase your humidity in your house. So there's just, when you start, it, it's like it's a the the bulb goes off. And once you're like, oh my God, I get it now. You can't tell them to change their gutters or put gutters in. But it's just a whole lot easier to understand why my humidity is out of control is because of the things they've actually done that i have no control over and uh you guys are the last person to stand you are like you know what i'm uncomfortable and it's freaking you you're like well, why because your contract your builder built a shitty house it's got lots of leakage that's my problem you're like oh yeah or your crawl space is in your drainage is bad that's my problem so you guys are the brunt of it all because you're you're the post to fix it all with just you know some duct work and some uh, temperatures and uh you, that's a real tough place to be in because it's hard to be like you know what your builder built a crappy house so and i'm trying to fix that for you so can you can you work with me here that doesn't go over well so um, but again if you understand the science then you'll at
3: least feel better about what you're trying to do to fix the bad environment i think that um as a technician too i'm getting into the home performance just ever so slightly with my own little project and it's very interesting because it makes me even more curious when i run into weird things you know i clean my evaporator coil and then i i measured how much more my problematic room in my house got pressurized you know it went from 14 pascals to 21 pascals of over pressurization right because we don't have a return path. And that stuff is intriguing to me. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So that just furthermore proves that, you know.
1: I think it's funny that like me, I don't know, you know, I'm assuming most residential techs out there probably are in the same boat I was in for many years. And you guys as well, too. I know you guys are commercial and you do a lot of kitchen stuff, Bill, and that. But um, you have, there's like a disconnect. And you don't really understand um, building performance, home performance. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, but they're totally interrelated and 100%. you might have a problem that's completely separate from HVAC that you're ignoring and you are trying to do something that is going to even, you know, more so negatively impact the problem at the end. And that also goes into different facets of HVAC and different details that people ignore, um, on service calls or whatnot. Like you were talking about earlier, Chris airflow and this and that, if you're not looking at everything and that's your tagline, the big picture, right? Yeah. Um, but like, if you're not looking at the entire system, you're leaving so much
0: out. I and... just thought of a new tagline. Keep going. Uh, what's my new you're... tagline, Bill? No, it's mine. You can't oh, have it. Got it. If you're not looking at everything, you're looking at nothing.
3: I, I, am gonna copyright you on that one because I think that's kind of infringing on my big picture diagnoses thing. Nope. Dude. So yeah. No, but you're uh, right. That's, that's gonna be Measure Quick's new uh, logo next. No, Son Nick. of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's currently getting the domain right now That's yeah right. D- done got it okay got 10 it bucks. done <laughs> yep um, nothing you're you're right though adam it's it's um it's you do have to look at the big picture and you have to understand everything i can remember back to when i still because i was taught to charge an air conditioner just by looking at pressures right and i could remember like i keep putting gas in here and the pressures are where they're supposed to be but it's not getting cool I can remember mm-hmm. that mentality and being so confused in my head. Why isn't this working? I know it has something to do with airflow, but I don't understand the airflow. You know, I don't get it. I, uh, you know, and, and so then you start working your way through things and it's, it's really enlightening. It, but we also have well, to be careful though, too, because the new guys coming into the trade. And I think that's where these softwares can help out because the new guys coming into the trade, they're not going to know everything right now. There's no way in hell. And right. It can be but like overwhelming.
1: When you have like like Measure Quick, like P, some of these other ones, Measure Quick is like the the ultimate of programs though, because it shows you everything. When you could see airflow, you could see how much um, you know latent heat you're removing. 100% of everything's on the screen. Just swipe back and forth, inside, yeah.
0: outside, electrical. It's almost like we're sponsored by Measure Quick with all the positive <laughs> energy we're putting out into the world on their behalf.
2: Yeah, no, it's okay. What, so, But what the, the thing that blew me away that Jim had done, in fact, you know, there's several times in the beginning, I'm like, ah, what am I doing here? Really? We're, this is so challenging. And then I realized how much effort they put into, there isn't anything that's in, and people are like, oh, what a great looking set of gauges. But click on, they're all buttons. They're not gauges, they're buttons. You click on every one of them, We actually tell you what your target should be. Field piece does not have targets. They don't calculate targets. So right there, field is like only giving you guesswork as to what it should be. Do your own homework. But we also then have this whole thing about, let me educate you. Let me tell you why it's high or what you should look for. We send you off to, you know, Brian Orr's space, whatever you need to do as a new technician, Jim is trying to educate you. In fact, Jim has got a a goal and, um, you know, I kind of laughs on a kind of first I'm like, yeah, good luck with that, Jim. Jim wants to change the industry. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, good luck with that, Jim. But when you look at how if you really like Measure Quick, even if you don't I don't care about what you think about that it doesn't work for your process or how you use it, but what he put his heart and soul in to try to educate the technician is there. And if people understand what they're trying to learn or want to learn, it's there. And um Elon Musk Despite his weird personality, he wanted to change how people did a certain thing. How you go into space, how you use electric cars. He's doing that. And I think Jim has got this vision that if we could just figure out a way to break through, we would have the ability to try to help people know more about what they're doing. Uh, whether you use it for the full features or not, there's just really great information that's in there. So when people say, oh, yeah, I don't really know what that is or how that works. Well, if you turn measure Quick on and clicked on the you know, high superheater or subco or whatever it was, There it is telling you what the hell you should be looking for or why it's that way. So we really try to be a missing link for the industry besides Brian and
3: all the other stuff you guys do. It's just immediate access. For sure. Social media has made things so much better, too, because people don't have to just read about some new thing in a magazine. They can actually click on their phone, watch a video at home and and get inspired or get intrigued to want to do better, to see someone doing something. You know, so I think social media is really cool for that aspect.
2: Bill, you asked the one, what's the one thing that you try and could tell somebody in injured? And, and to me, the thing is like, you know what? If this isn't your industry, get out. If you if you don't want to be this, if this isn't your like call
3: to, yeah. If you're miserable, move on.
2: Move for on sure. because you're you're just you're in the way. You're actually causing problems. You're making bad cars. Just get the, get the frick out of the way for other people to come in and do a better job. That's I know true. that we're short on people doing this work, but um you you're not helping in any way cuz you're not learning you're not you're, you're not actually taking the time to make that system
3: as best as it could be so go find something else you want to do in life cuz this is not really where you belong you know Well that right. and everybody deserves to be happy they really do you they have do. to put mm-hmm. effort into it so if you and I i mentioned that too you know if people if you don't like what you're doing if you're miserable at your job there's only one person that's the problem and it's you because you have the choice to move on yeah you got a difficult. skill you got
2: amazing skill if you don't be
3: like a HVAC technician go be an electrician go be yeah. something because you are
2: skilled yep. everybody's trying to look for you right now so if this isn't it go do something else
3: yeah
0: sure. but i think as a population a majority of people don't take whatever it is they're trying to do in life and they don't they don't push it to as far as they can take it they're they're just like sort of half in half out like they're not they're not going to go all in and 100%. Like if I'm an HVAC technician, like, yeah, I'm not going to go home and read. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pursue all this extra knowledge after, after work, you know, or if I'm an electrician, mm-hmm. you know, the same thing. If,
1: um, if, if every HVAC technician, you know, at the end of the day just sat down and thought to themselves, asked themselves one question, the industry would be a lot better. You know, they just sat down and, and said, uh, WWJD. What would you just stay curious,
3: stay curious, stay
0: (laughs) curious,
1: my friends.
3: So I think it's time we wrap this up, but I do want to ask you one more question, Joe, you know, how do people as corny as this is like measure quick is, I know that you guys are open to feedback and open to comments and stuff. What's the best method to, for people to reach Mm -hmm. out to you guys to ask questions.
2: So, um, surprisingly, Jim is straightforward. You send an email to Jim. He'll respond to you usually that day. Right. And, uh, Same with myself. I may not do it immediately like he does, but I still get back to you the same day. So you can send it to Jim at measurequick.com or Joe at measurequick.com. And uh, using the reply, there's our freaking cell phone too. So, you know, uh, we're super open to your, what you guys are doing and what it is that's not working or how to make it better or, you know, so whatever it is that you you think is uh, good, bad, or indifferent, we'll hear about it and we'll explain why we're doing what we're doing as best we can. So, you know, um, our goal is to make you better technicians,
3: and that's that's all it is. So if, you, if, if it works for you, that's great. If it doesn't, we're not here to push anything on you. And I th- say that feedback helps companies to grow, so you don't got to be a jerk about it. But, I mean, if you're running into a problem or you, you think that there can be a better way to test something, understand they're not always going to go with your idea they're not always going to do that but i mean feedback is always good shoot it in an email let them know like hey well feedback i would say yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah. usually want to know what uh, so if you're having a problem give us as much information as you can but many of the features that are in there came from users like you guys they're like you know what do we have this problem or i got this or you know what i'm getting these weird measurements and jim goes to the lab and modifies our whole lab to re-simulate what it is that's that you what you experience and then tries to figure out okay and then we add that as a as a fault so that's how a lot of stuff gets built into measure quick is that you guys yep. find stuff and we figure out a way to once we know these measurements should be boom there you go yes that's right well you guys don't work for free so why should anybody else that's really not our philosophy.
1: he's just messing with you yeah
2: oh i know michael it's all good michael right
1: <laughs> he knows where you live yeah. hey last question Michael has
2: three phones because he can actually or some people do like they can take a picture of their picture of themselves taking a picture of the screenshot
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh see I also had a better idea for that I carry translucent paper so I just put it over top of my screen and I trace out the gauges and the numbers <laughs> oh
3: nice right
0: and then I just hand it to the customer like here's your here's your scribble this is lady. Bill.
3: he writes out all the data onto a piece yeah. of paper yeah like, there right, you bro. go there's yep. your traces. There. There traces you you there we go right.
2: Yeah, I got my typewriter
0: in a right big that. suitcase. I plop it up there and I'm like, <laughs> there we go. Here's your report.
2: <laughs> the
3: irony, the irony. I'm not
0: I know well, I, I know there's some
2: points. people that are regenerated on Photoshop. They're like, I'll go back and I'll redo
3: this. So it looks oh my gosh. Can you imagine how much time? <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the
0: effort it takes to do something oh, so oh menial. My
3: gosh. This is awesome. Well, Joe, this has been really cool, dude. It's been cool that you were willing to come on here and thank you for doing that. But,
2: but nobody freaked out about what we all expected. We're all like, "Oh my god, everybody's gonna shout about one damn thing," but they didn't. I didn't see hardly anybody except one joke about it. So I was
0: deleting all those. So I don't want you to feel bad.
2: Oh <laughs> well, <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> only you people to talk about things yeah, yeah. It's a personal comment that I take personally, but that's it. Nah.
0: See, I was just curious. Does like Jim only hire people at Measure Quick that look like him?
2: So when they hired me, they did a Facebook post, and like Joe won the um, the the look alike contest, so we hired him. In fact, like yours, I was going to come on and be like, "I'm Jim." I should have just yeah. come on and be like, "That's funny, yeah, See, uh, Jim here."
0: The last time Jim was on here, we asked him a question at the beginning of the show, and I think he ended the question when he answered it at the end of the show, 145 minutes later. <laughs> it was. It currently I wanted to that, the that show.
3: You guys told me too. I was so bummed because I wanted to be I on that show. <laughs>
0: I mean Jim's a great guy and I, I I rag on him behind his back on this all the time and uh, he'll probably never find out about this but because he doesn't watch the show but yeah it was like I think it still holds a record in the Guinness book of the world's longest answered question of like 145 minutes <laughs> true yeah
2: right yeah uh, yeah That's, oh, I, I work with the guy right but ironically he only wants to be on a phone call for like less than uh, nine seconds
3: yeah what is it okay I'll get I bye I'm like uh, okay great. Right. i genuinely so and i don't know if it's just my family or what but i hate being on the phone i really don't Mm -hmm. like but i also don't like texting either i think texting is even stupider so like i'd rather get it done with a phone call but i'm i'm a very like all right cool yeah sounds good right on bye
0: no i think the voice message thing is the way to go because it's easier than text and you don't need to do all the small talk in between the point you're trying to make
3: so we have a, I don't, a, I don't ever listen to my voicemail. You voicemail me like, okay, no, okay, not well, voicemail. Yeah, we yeah. do. Um, we have a Facebook messenger chat for oh, the overtime yeah. group and Facebook we'll leave Facebook. messages like audio messages that anybody can go back and listen mm. to. So if two of us are talking back and forth, it's like being on the phone, but we don't like, you just hit right. record, you say it and then you keep driving it's, it's you know, because we
1: don't really like to listen to each other we just like yeah. to talk at each other that's how yeah. it
3: works yeah. exactly. well we talk to hear ourselves but you know facebook sucks so I, i'm not gonna join that guy. oh i 100 talk to hear myself i don't know if i have ever yeah. told you guys this but every message that i leave you guys i listen to the message after i leave it that's so literally gay. i li- so i leave a message i wouldn't tell I people right.
2: that i wouldn't ever repeat that on any <laughs> oh, other show oh, yeah.
3: if you if you uh, <laughs> uh the stuff i put out there my my uh, i'm a little bit not a little bit. I'm a lot of it insane.
0: Narcissistic, so, yeah. you yes, mean?
3: 100%. I listen. No, we're
2: stuff. all insane, but nobody listens to what their own voicemails were. Nope. That's crazy. I do. <laughs> nope, not me ever. <laughs> well, I appreciate what you guys are doing. You're doing for the industry. You're doing for so many other people. And the real problem is, is that the people that are doing shitty work aren't here. I've been preaching that forever. I've been talking to people and doing education for probably 20 plus years. And like, the problem is is the people that, that are not here for to be better are in this room or they're not here. They're not doing social media. They're not chiming in. They're not listening to all of the people that are mm-hmm. great and creating great content. So that's our real problem is, is that those who are the, you know, the, the, the problems are uh, people are not actually improving themselves, um, nor are they actually, uh, able to digest all the great
3: stuff you offer. So I appreciate all your efforts and everything you guys do.
1: Thank cool. you. On, um,
3: that- on that note, uh, Mike Henderson underscore HVAC, he's here. So on that note, let's go and end the show. Oh wait, Mike, I need your contact
2: information, bro. I've been trying to contact you for a while. So um
3: How about no. his homework? Yeah,
2: why don't you post <laughs> your phone number right here for everybody to see? That'd be great. You That'd got my a... information. Send me so send me an email.
0: Right. Shout out to our little buddy Randy and Luke out there. Yep. Watching the replay tonight. With their uh... I could only